Hello and welcome to Rural Business Uncovered, brought to you by the CLA. We are pleased to bring you a selection of bonus episodes ahead of the launch of Season 3. In the run-up to Season 3, we'll continue to discuss key issues affecting the rural sector, such as the current environmental opportunities for landowners and the insurance factors to consider when starting projects on your land. farmers, we're often looking at ways to improve the smooth running of the farm, develop assets that the farm has, or find a way to bring in extra income. This would often involve developing and making changes to existing farm buildings. Today, we're joined by two rural specialists from CLA Insurance who can shed some light on the things to think about, who is responsible for what, and the planning that can be done to ensure projects run smoothly. So I'm pleased to welcome Esther Kane, Head of A-Plans Rural Division at CLA Insurance, and Freddie Braithwaite-Exley, CLA Insurance Account Executive. Esther has worked in the rural insurance sector for over 16 years, and Freddie provides specialist insurance cover for businesses and private clients in the rural sector. Well, thank you very much both for joining us today. Esther, if I can start with you, tell us a bit about your background and your role as head of CLA Insurance. I've actually worked for um, this company for 16 years in insurance, but uh, I've been in insurance overall for over 20 years. Initially, uh, starting off uh, just as customer service, um, then went into uh, underwriting for um, motor and high net worth uh, and then I went into uh, commercial and kind of fell into rural insurance almost by accident um, but it, therein I, I found a bit of a passion for it because it's it's so unique compared to other um, general insurances that I've dealt with um, so unique and diverse that it's um, the people that come in contact with it either um, love it or hate it because of its complexity. <laughs> uh, personally, I, I love it because you you learn something new every day in, in this uh, niche um, insurance markets. And, and that's what I love about it and all the diverse clients that I get to see as well. Yeah. make it very interesting. Uh, and Freddie, would you say the same? Do you find the diversity and uh, complexity of the job interesting? Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge draw to why we why we do it, for sure, for sure. I mean, to give you a little bit of background on myself, I, I'm part of Esther's team. Um, and I mean, between between the whole team, actually me, Esther, and the, and the wider the wider, the wider team, we come a England, Wales, and Scotland as well. So there's a, there's a real range of farmers and, and landowners across the, that spectrum of the UK. Um, and and it's, it's it's great to be involved in all of them. Um, I actually I've been in insurance for a, f- a few years now, but actually I had a former career as a land agent, so I was involved in buying insurance from the other side for a while. And um, so I've, I've seen both sides sides of the tra- insurance transaction, and um, I like to think I could bring that understanding of both sides, the, both our client side and the brokerage side, to the table when talking about it and uh, and brokering insurance f- for the rural community. Yeah, and what, what's fascinating about a CLA insurance, uh, Freddie will probably agree with me, is that we. We deal f- uh, with uh, people with small holdings all the way up to um, very large complex uh, estate risks uh, and and everything in between. And so um, th- there's a lot of complexities within that, but it, it does make it very, very interesting. Um, yeah, that, that word rural is sort of all encompassing. It's a sort of blanket word we used to cover basically anything that has anything green attached to it. <laughs> but it can be anything from farms through to sort of wedding venues and 
um, you know, renewables and, and, and beyond. So it's a really, really broad, broad yeah, spectrum. It's, area it's to be a fascinating in. portfolio. And I guess it's a reflection of the way farming businesses have had to adapt, diversify, find new income streams. So, so their businesses are, are um, you know, multidisciplinary. There's all sorts of uh, interesting things going on on farms all across the UK. And and we're going to be discussing one particular scenario in today's podcast. Um, it's a common scenario that we come across on farms. Um, Esther, do you want to kick us off? Describe the scenario we're going to be uh, talking about. Um, yeah, so we're, we're going to be um, uh, talking about where farmers or landowners, estate owners, um, uh, going to undertake a, a building project uh, and that can be a very small project to just a reno- renovation of a, a existing structure um, uh, converting a, an old barn or even um, a building a new agricultural building or commercial unit from scratch and so all of those types of building works uh, scenarios uh, we get on a daily basis um, and they're, they're very very smart like I said starting from a very small project um, under fifty thousand, up to uh, you know multi-million pound building projects. How common are these on on farms? And have you noticed has there been an increase in, in interest around new buildings or converting existing buildings in recent years? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, uh, well, according to government figures, uh, at least sixty percent of UK farmers are having to diversify um, uh, alongside running their traditional working farm or estate. Um, but but we have seen um, a growing trend or a, a growing inquiries for um, uh, building projects and conversions, so that um, you know the estate owners and farmers um, looking to get additional re- revenue streams, especially with the uncertainty um, now with, with what's coming on following Brexit. So I think everybody's looking for new ways to make money, uh, and the, the probably most common one is converting. Um, buildings into holiday lets or residential yeah, lets. There's, there's certainly been a lot of interest around that for, for many years. So, so Freddie, from your experience, you've worked with a number of businesses across the UK. Share some of the examples of the type of projects that you see on farms on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I mean, as Esther touched on already, one of the most common is converting uh, resi to or, or resi or agricultural buildings into a holiday let. But I mean, we see we see light industrial come out of farm buildings all the time as well. Um, and, and these are conversions of existing structures, but of, often farmers are building from scratch. They're, they're putting out new buildings, um, and we've talked about uh, new dairy parlours, new uh, livestock units, new grain sheds going up all over the time, all over the place, all the time. Um, and each of the each of these projects come with their own, own considerations that I'm sure we'll get stuck into in a moment. Yeah. And what are the things would you say? What are the main things to consider when weighing up whether to go ahead to that project, whether it's an expansion project of an existing enterprise on the farm, or whether it's entering into a completely new enterprise? What are the types of things would you advise um, landowners, farmers to, to consider? Yeah, well, I suppose with the land agent hat on to start off with, you've got to, you've got to consider why you're doing the project in the first place. Now, as Esther said, is it because you're looking for new income streams? Are you trying to spread your risk across multiple industries or multiple sectors? Or actually, are you just expanding on an existing project, an existing business? You've got to have a reason for doing it that's justified. And then you've got to work out whether it's cost effective in doing it. You know, can you borrow the cash to do it? Do you have the cash already to do it? Um, is it going to pay you back or is it just going to be a long-term asset that you keep? Um, these are all sort of things that you can discuss with your land agent or with the CLA. But from an insurance side of things, from my point of view, insurance is there as a way of mitigating risk. And with all change, um, really, with and in particular change on this sort of scale, when you're building new buildings or uh, changing changing the use of a building, 
you can really expose yourself to risks that perhaps weren't there before. Uh, and that's where I, I feel you need to consider what, what are you, what are you put, what are you putting, what, what extra onus are you putting on yourself by, by make, creating these projects? And that's what you can discuss with an insurance broker, like the insurance to say, how, do, how what, what, what exposure is there and how, how can I mitigate it? Yeah. Esther, would it be fair to say when you come across customers and clients that are, uh, undergoing a project a major development on the farm obviously they're very invested in that particular project but they would it be fair to say that insurance can sometimes be an afterthought uh, they haven't fully appreciated the risks or, or, or how it might change their existing policies uh, definitely yes uh, definitely especially um even small and large scale actually we, we found that it 100% is an afterthought and and that can be very tricky from an insurance perspective especially if it's a you know, structural building work and not just a renovation because some insurers will not pick it up once it's started uh, they they won't pick up the risk um once it's already underway um, and so that can put uh, the client in in quite um a precarious uh, position especially if it's an expensive structure um or an expensive uh, project that they're undergoing and if they can't get insurance for it um, that that's a very large risk to take so um we're hoping that this podcast will, will tell people that you know please please tell us in good time you know give give us time to give you the correct advice and, and what insurance you need in place what insurance you've already got in place potentially and, and what you need to make sure um you're fully covered should um uh, you know a fire or something terrible happen in the um the, the middle of the project mm. so, so would you encourage um, people to have early conversations with you around their ideas before because sometimes it might, it might be easy for the people to, to crack on because they're so enthusiastic about something and, and, and approach you afterwards having not uh, possibly thought thought of the cover they need during the construction phase yeah absolutely uh, we would encourage them to talk about it talk to us as soon as they're thinking about it really so that we can advise them what what they need to think about uh, as part of that project planning and and at what stage they need to involve us and, and all of our um, advisors will be able to help them with that um, and we'll, we'll also hopefully I've got a client at the moment who's uh, building a, a new structure and uh, you know I'm keeping a diary for him and uh, to make sure the build hasn't started yet and, and just checking what date it does start to, to so that uh, we're help, helping him along really to make sure he's got the right cover in place at the right times. And we'll also pick it up with him once it's complete as well to make sure the correct cover is in place on completion because there are different parts of insurance that are required at each at each part of the project. Yeah, Alan, to, to, to reiterate Esther's point there as well, actually, it, 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 the insurance brokers, I think, quite often forgotten, they're not they're not just there to sell you something. They're often there to help you through it and guide you on, on all these projects. So getting them involved nice and early to tell you whether there is cover available or isn't cover available is really, really critical. And it can just be a really simple question, a conversation over the phone or an email um, or in the world we're living in at the moment, a Zoom meeting or a Teams meeting. Um, and, and really, no question is that ridiculous. We talked about putting up a new building, a new farm building, but we've had we've had the weird and wonderful come across our desk, haven't we, Esther, over the years? We have, yeah. You know, <laughs> I think there's a, we do a couple of zoos in places around the country as well. So when, even if you're thinking about creating some sort of tiger enclosure, then give us a call. But <laughs> um, uh, so, but, it, but for the more straightforward stuff, certainly it is always worth just picking up the phone and saying, I'm thinking of doing this. Am I mad or is, it, is this the right way to do it? Can we get camera? Yeah. Um, yeah. uh, when we start it and from a land agency background freddie you'll you'll know only too well that there's also planning and regulatory uh, matters to consider what's, what's the first thing they should think about when when they're you know considering uh, 
a build, a project, you know, have you thought about planning is probably a question that you as a broker w- would ask. Yeah, it's, it's not really my place to sort of comment on the, on the planning regulations, unfortunately. It's been a few years since I practiced in that area. Um, so I would I would direct you back to the CLA to talk about that. I've got multiple specialists that can give you advice in that area. But but again, the point of talking to your broker, they're going to be able to help you in, in, in uh, discussing whether a project's feasible or um, and how it can progress without putting too much risk or exposure on on yourselves. So in terms of insurance then, Esther, perhaps you can just um, talk us through the different elements of cover required at the different stages of a project. W- would that be useful? Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the first um, questions that I'd ask um, a client who's who's talking about a, a building project is um, whether there is uh, going to be a, a contract in place. Um, um, and depending on the type of project, you know, is, is there a JCD contract in place? Because if there is, it, it will determine who is legally, uh, contractually responsible for ensuring what parts of the project. Uh, and what I mean by that is um, it will specify whether um, the client is responsible for ensuring an existing structure, if there is one, and whether the, um, the, the con- contractor is responsible for the, the building in progress. Um, so are they responsible for that or is the client responsible for all of it? And But um, as insurance advisors, we, we're happy to help the client with that. We, we can decipher that the contracts for them and make sure that they have the appropriate insurance in place in the correct names, whether it's in joint names or just in sole names. Um, but we'll be able to help and advise on that. Um, if there is no contract in place um, and where there's an existing structure being renovated, then the owner, farmer, landowner will, will be responsible for ensuring all of it. Uh, and we would then recommend that they purchase what's called a contract works policy, which would cover the or could cover the existing structure, the works, including the materials on site, um, property and public liability, and also employers liability. Yeah, if if appropriate. If the structure is already insured somewhere, um, it's important also to speak to your broker or your insurance provider um, whether if there's going to be building works because there's usually a condition in your policy which states you must tell us uh, tell the insurer about, about the building works and potentially if you don't, um, any claim whilst work, uh, building works are ongoing could be um, rejected uh, or, or void your policy. So it's you, you must tell them even if you're not sure it's worth just giving your insurer or broker a call um, and to talk it through with them i mean you've got no absolutely everything in there for sure i mean to re to recap on it getting the jct contract in place so formalizing the agreement with your builder is a, is always a good idea i know lots of things happen on farms and estates with a, a shake of the hand and a, a verbal contract if you like but being really clear on who's taking on the responsibility for the actual building of it um, and then the insurance as well is key because ultimately when it comes to a claim, that's what they're going to look at first. And even if you don't go as far as the JTC, JCT contract, an exchange of letters, an email back and forth to say, I'm doing this, you're doing that, it, it is helpful. But we'd always suggest going, going the whole hog and going for a, um, a fully formalized contract. Um, and then also one of the things to consider to, as, a, as a general point, I suppose, is to say who, who's got something to lose in a building project? Um, when you're establishing who wants to insure it, ultimately, if you're the farmer and you've got a farm building that someone else is working on it, and that pro- that, that building ha- it has a you know, has a loss, it burns down, for example, the, the contractor hasn't lost anything, um, really. So they they can just they can just shut down and start up as a new name, whereas the farmer is left without their building. So if if it's if it's you that's got something to lose, then it really should be you trying to insure it because 
you want to be you want your fate to be in your own hands really is what yeah. I would add well, to that well we, we would caveat to that to always um it's always good practice to check that any contractors on site um doing the work yeah. have got adequate public liability insurance um I would always recommend everybody check that yeah and I guess, it, it, is it complicated to work out the value by which um, certain aspects need to be insured against it? For, for example, if you are building a new property or a new building, well, the value of that does change as the as the uh, construction gets underway and, and it uh, is progressed. Yeah, so well, well, the starting point, if there is an existing structure, so that's your your first part, but that's usually insured separately as part of that contract works policy, either on its own as a sum insured or in a separate policy. Um, so that's one part. And then you've got the the, the value of the main contract, um, which is how much is the, the, the cost, or including all materials and, and labour from start to finish. Plus, you've got to then incorporate any value of any subsidiary contracts, i.e. separate contracts for suppliers, such as if you're having a cold store fitter. Uh, you know, included in your your agricultural building, um, you you must include the value of any direct purchases, um, so fixtures and fittings if applicable, um, and then don't forget your professional fees if you've had an architect uh, or a, a land agent involved, and of course um, VAT if that's applicable as well. And uh, earlier, Esther, you mentioned about employers' liability. Is is that still a, a consideration? Say, for example, a farmer was to employ a con- contractor to do the works. Is there still some sort of employer liability obligation on on the farmer, or is that the the the, um, the liability of the contractor himself? Uh, yeah. So if they're um, a, a self-employed contractor, they're not uh, the that they only they work for themselves. They don't work for the farmer um, full time, and they have other clients and bring their own equipment. Then there they would be no employee uh, employees liability exposure for the farmer bringing them on site. Um, but if they're labour only, um, then potentially there there is some exposure for that farmer, and and we would recommend that they they did have some employer employees liability cover in place. Alan, it's one of the it's one of the few insurances we're legally required to have is employer's liability. You've got your motor insurance and then your dangerous animals of all things. Mm. <laughs> so it's a really good point. But employer's liability, yeah, just just check who's employing them, whose wage roll they're on, because um, if they're on yours, you're, you're legally obliged to to have cover for them. Whether you're a farmer, landowner, or on a large estate, it pays to speak to a specialist insurance broker immersed in rural affairs. The CLA insurance team has been serving the rural community for over 19 years and can offer an insurance package tailored to the individual needs of members. For example, they will provide dedicated rural claims handlers to support members through their claims and can offer some of the widest cover in the marketplace at competitive rates. Whatever your rural, personal or commercial insurance requirements, search for CLA Insurance to find out more. What are the other sort of common pitfalls that, that Freddie, you, you come across when you're dealing with, with customers? Are there things that uh, you've picked up on, any trends in the last 12 months, things that uh, suddenly are, are now being discussed more in insurance renewals yeah, than well, usual? It, yeah, if we, pick up, if we pick up from where we left off on, on, on construction, well, I think we've talked a lot about the, con, the construction phase, the build phase of, of a project and, and the insurance around it. But once you've completed the project and you've got your, 
your your um, certificate of completion handed back to you and you become responsible for the for the insurance thereafter you've got to think about how you've changed the value of the property there as well and have you added a value to the building have you added contents to it are you generating a revenue at the building if you had it if you had it as just a agricultural storage building beforehand but you've now let it as a, an office space you might be getting a rent from it so can you insure the rent for it there have you added solar panels to the roof or a, a turbine there as a wind turbine and um, there's lots and lots of things that you can add to a, bro- a, a, a property or a building both in terms of material value or um or cost of insuring and then also to this the income and the revenue that you could be getting from it um, it's really important to, to to make sure your broker knows or insurer knows about any change of use as well because to, to make sure that you're properly insured for, as a property owner of your liability what's called property owner's liability because um, if you haven't told them then technically you're not insured for any liability so if uh, you know, a tile fell off the roof and, and, and injured somebody. If you haven't told them what you're using that premises for, then, you know, the, the insurance um, uh, may not pay out. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a general sign of the times as well, Esther. I'm not sure if you agree that insurers are looking more scrupulously, I suppose, at what they're insuring. They're asking more questions so they can better understand the risks that you've got going on. Yeah. Um, and, and being open and honest about what there is going on, what you're doing is is the only way to go with it uh, yeah. to get to get the right insurance and the best, and the best premium from it. Yeah, and it's um, it's really important at the moment. One of one of the um, issues in the market today is is well, and it's going to be a trend in the future is under insurance because of the rising cost of materials and labour at the moment. Um, and obviously having uh, materials and supply shortage um, probably worldwide. Um, that, um, that it, people may find their um, building some insured just no longer adequate. Um, and, you know, we're, we're really recommending that um, people get, re, you know, their buildings um, revalued if they haven't had it done for, for a long time, because I suspect they'll find that, they're, that they could unintentionally find themselves underinsured. And that's a really fascinating point because the marketplace is so volatile for, for certain building materials at the moment. And mm. you, you could easily have them assessed last week and by this week, <laughs> they could be undervalued. It's it's in a choppy market like that. What, what's, what's the best piece of advice? Is, do you... Well, well we, we would recommend that they that there's something, uh, you can have an extension in your policy called day one uplift, um, where you can uplift your declared sum insured by 15 or 25%, 35%. It it does cost extra, um, but in this current climate, I would thoroughly recommend that the clients look to take that extension up um, to to try and protect them from the the inflationary rises that are carrying on. That that additional cost is is really, really nominal, really, in in, in comparison to the wider rate. Uh, The other way of doing it we've talked about is valuations, I suppose. Um, I mean, some insurers will guarantee a valuation if if you've had it done, particularly on residential side of things, they'll say that they'll guarantee it for five years. I think, if I know so, unless <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's otherwise. But yeah, well, yeah, so, if, so if in had... the in the general market, they they try to get you to do it every three years. But uh, you know, for for some of our clients who have lots of property, it's it's quite more sensible uh, for probably every five years for them to to look at getting yeah. a revaluation. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a sound advice. And d- does that highlight as well that the at, at the point of renewal that insurance companies in general are asking more questions, are requesting more information to be better informed, as you said, Freddie, about the risks that they're taking on, but to understand what, what, what the businesses they're working with are doing. And um, yeah, it's, 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 
it's more thorough process than possibly it was 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure many of the listeners will have felt, felt the changes over the last couple of years. We've seen the market harden, I suppose, in, across most sectors in the last two years. And I'm, I've no doubt that in the future, we'll see the sort of peaks and troughs come back down and go up again. But at the moment, that, that hardening market is, is seeing insurers really yeah, reevaluate what they're looking at and and working out where, where their greatest exposures are. And the more information you can give them, the better the better it is for them to to, to adjust their rates um, really fairly, essentially. Yeah, I mean, so globally, whilst... globally, the property and casualty market has taken a, a massive hit with um, uh, flooding and, and storms. You know, climate change is obviously playing a, a big part in that. But that that's where um, COVID, again, is going to have a, an impact with the business interruption claims that um, you know many insurers have, have had to uh, pay out and, and made big losses on which they they probably hadn't uh, you know factored into their uh, actuarial information because it's a uh, it, you know that it couldn't be foreseen um, but that is what's um, pushing the, the the rising cost of, of insurance um, and and that is happening across the market so and you know capacity capacity is shrunk as well in the market so there's a lot less insurers wanting your business which means that the, the insurers that are left are being extremely picky about what they want to insure um and of course that's pushing up prices across the whole market and and in that type of environment it does encourage your customers to to be responsible to be um to run their businesses in such a way where they limit their risk as much as possible they become a low risk for the insurer and that by having proper contracts with their with their contractors it's making sure they got the health and safety um matters all dealt with properly and 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 all the liabilities thought about so when you're dealing with businesses that are really on top of risk health and safety and liability that makes them a more attractive customer to have which enables you presumably to offer more competitive rates you, yeah. you couldn't have, couldn't have said it better Alan. <laughs> exactly. it, and it and it doesn't just make you more attractive to you're the broker you're working with currently. It makes you, it may, or the insurance, the insurer you're working with currently. It makes you more attractive to everybody out there. So ultimately, it means you're going to get better, better cover, better premium um, across the board if you if you can show that you're diligently um, managing your, the the risks and the the actions on your on your farm. Yeah. And, and, and a question to both of you now, and probably there's a lot of listeners who are either in the middle of a project or, or considering projects, you know, of this nature. What would be your single most important piece of advice uh, for those farmers? Talk to your broker as early as possible, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, leaving it to the last minute will make it very difficult um, to potentially ensure that project. But you also want to protect something that's in the, the outlay that you're going to put out for that project, because if you don't have the right insurance um, in place, um, you know, you could potentially lose the investment that you're putting in to that project. It's exactly what I wanted to say as well. <laughs> get, get it, get it thought of nice and early. Consider, consider what you've got to lose, how you can mitigate that risk, and the best way of doing that is speaking with your land agent, speaking with your brokers. Um, everyone will tell you that insurance is expensive, but when you have a claim and it it works, it's really really it's really quite good value. Yeah, but you've got to have a, you've got to have the right cover there to start off with. Yeah. and as partners, you know, with, with the CLA, um, we're always uh, our account execs um, and our client managers are always happy to give um, advice, uh, you know, free advice to CLA members. So if they just want to talk to us, even if they're not insured with us, we're, we're happy to give them um, advice. 
expert advice on this uh, and that leads me very nicely esther to, to my final question of this episode and that, that is to explain a bit more about cla insurance what is it that you can offer cla members beyond other insurance companies cla insurance being part of a plan and howden which is a global broker means that um, cla members have access to every single potential insurance product in the market there's pretty much nothing that we cannot um, provide cover for uh, now being part of um, this this business um, from personal lines all the way up to complex global projects there's somewhere in this company that will be able to some expert in this company that will be able to help that CLA member uh, you know as for a CLA insurance uh, we provide a very personal service um, we can do face-to-face visits and we can provide expert advice over the phone we've got specialist products um, that we've uh, done for for many years, uh, we're working with uh, partner insurers, we we make sure that we do market research on our products every three years to make sure they are top of the line and give some of the widest covers in the market. Um, and, and we feel that uh, that's what we we can deliver to, to the CLA. Uh, we can give them uh, some of the best products in the market at competitive prices um, and all to be with expert personal advice. Yeah. Well, that's a wonderful way to, to end this episode. Uh, uh, Esther and Freddie, thank you both very, very much I- indeed. And um, I think you've, you've highlighted how comprehensive the CLA Insurance Services uh, uh, is. And clearly, you've you've made the point and stressed time and time again have that early dialogue with your broker and i think it's that it's that conversation and it's that relationship you have with individual businesses that makes the whole service the whole package uh, so valuable to cla members and having the right cover in place at the right time uh, will, will give people peace of mind as well and that protection they need so um freddie and esther once again thank you very much indeed thanks for having us You've been listening to the Rural Business Uncovered podcast. You can find all our episodes wherever you get your podcasts or just search Rural Business Uncovered on your chosen podcast provider. Remember to hit subscribe or follow to make sure you don't miss an episode.